There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hello and welcome to the Raptors Over Everything podcast. We have Sports Canada. I'm your host, William Liu. Joining me to preview the upcoming 2020-2021 season with the Toronto Raptors playing out of Tampa. Uh, are two of my uh, best friends in this game, Asad? Yo, Sahal. Yo. Um. All right. So look, the the Raptors are in training camp right now. There's not a lot of news coming out. Um. You know, maybe the most newsworthy thing is that they've uh, decided to take Terrence Davis to training camp, and the NBA is still conducting their investigation so we're going to see what's it's going to look like from there quite honestly it seems like the raptors looked into it and uh they're kind of just cool with it so i don't know i don't want to pass an early judgment i've already said a lot about this but uh you know we'll, we'll, we'll hopefully they do the right thing um based on what happens but you know, honestly it's hard to uh expect that out of anyone nowadays apparently so um anyway let's just talk about the rest of the conference because there's not that much else going on uh i've pulled up the vegas insider um, over under uh, win totals um, for the Eastern Conference. And we can just go over and under on these numbers. Um, and so I don't know. Vegas Insider is the go-to place. I don't really uh, do sports betting, but uh, I'm just going to go off these. So uh, <clears throat> the first one, Milwaukee Bucks, 50.5 wins. This is uh, obviously out of a 72-win season. To put that into perspective of like an 82-game season, that's about 57.5 wins. Um yeah, I mean, what do you guys think? Over or under? Uh, Asad, let's start with you, man. The Bucks are they getting to uh, – essentially, are they having another 61 season? Um, uh, probably. Uh, they, they, the Bucks are a system team, and we've seen them roll the regular season. Normally, you're going to have a shortened season, less prep time for teams potentially. So I'd assume they would roll as along. Of course, Bud's going to do his – who knows how 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 – the minutes restrictions are for Bud this year, right? Like maybe mm-hmm. he's like, oh, I'm going to hold Giannis to 24 minutes a game, you know, because you never know how it goes with him. But yeah, I expect the Bucks to be, I would say maybe over. Um, I think they are, I want to say they're slightly weaker. I think there's enough competition in the East that maybe they end up at 49 wins. So they may be a bit under that, but again, like their, their division is complete garbage. So right, right. they're going to play the majority of games against the division. They're probably going to hit that over. I would say over. Yeah, um, I'm going to say over as well. It's that you said 50 and a half, right? 50.5, yeah. Yeah, um, I'm going to say over as well. Um, similar reasons to Assad. Um, Giannis getting like a day to prepare for a guy like Giannis. And then obviously they added a guy like Drew Holiday this year. Um was another borderline all-star guy, but um, I do agree with Saad when he said that. Um, I think the team's at least a little bit weaker this year. I don't see them, um, in my opinion, they're not the finals favorite. I think we'll get into that later, but they're not the finals favorite in the East. Um, so that's, I'm probably maybe going against consensus there. I think it's the Celtics, but um, I think it's going to be over. 
Um, I think any team led by Giannis is um, probably guaranteed a one to two seed in, in both conferences. Um, he has that LeBron factor to him. He's arguably the best player in the world right now. So, um, and then his supporting cast isn't isn't terrible. I mean, the starting lineup's pretty good. Um, and then the bench, I think, got a little bit weaker. And then they have, in my opinion, one of the bottom tier, bottom bottom tier head coaches um, in the NBA, Mike Budenholzer, um, who looks like. No, I'm not even going to get into that. Um, wow. No, I was going to go crazy right there, but um, <laughs> yeah, I'm going to go. I'm going to go over 50 and a half, pretty confidently. I think the Milwaukee Bucks will be over 50 and a half. I think probably 53, 54 wins. I think the only thing that might temper it, and this is what I'm thinking. So I know that this season, uh, in a normal season, teams would play 52 games against uh, uh, against their own conference, and then 30 games against the opposite conference. Um, this year, I think it's still you still play the 30 games against the opposite conference, but you only play 42 within your own conference. So the only thing that would temper it is you're pay, playing less East teams um, and playing more West teams and the Western teams are generally better. Whether that really matters when it comes to the Bucks, I don't know. I don't know how many teams in the West really have the ability to guard Giannis or scout for Giannis or deal with that. And you don't know how the travel work, right? Like if more of those games are during one of Western conference teams on a road trip, then it might probably be easier. So I think that might be the only thing that temper it, tempers it. But again, like within their division, the Bucks play the Bulls, the Cavaliers, and the Pistons, and the Pacers. Yep. So disgusting. Like it's not like the ten games they're losing are going to be like against their division, um, which is already the crap of the East, right? So I think yeah. they're going to be over, if not just slightly. No, man, that's a great point. Um, I just pulled up their uh, record against the Central Division uh, last season. They were thirteen and one. <laughs> <laughs> Yo, that's not fair, man. That's not fair. I mean, 13-1 is just a disgusting record. Um, I mean, honestly, the weird thing with Milwaukee, I feel like, is, like, first off, Mike Budenholzer is pretty good at getting his teams to win a lot of games the regular season. I think if he has one skill, um, aside from making very memeable faces, is, like, like getting the most out of his team in the regular season. Honestly, if you look at the bench, here's the thing. They have functional pieces that, again, in the regular season format – they will do very well for you guys that are kind of more one-way players, but in the regular season, you can kind of, you know, mix and match your one-way players. Teams aren't going to adjust to you every night. They're not going to mismatch hunt as much as they need to in the playoffs. So when you look at guys on the bench, right, obviously the starters, Giannis, Middleton, Drew Holiday, Brooke Lopez, and then I'm slotting in Dante and DiVincenzo, I guess. Um, that's pretty good. That's, that's pretty good. I think yeah. Brooke Lopez is getting a little older. We'll see how much, you know, he holds up. But, you know, for the most part, he's just dropping back and collecting rebounds. He, he's fine. And shooting threes. He's not really, like, that physical nowadays. Um, but then their bench. Torrey Craig, Bryn Forbes, DJ Augustine, Bobby Portis, Pat Connaughton, I would say, is probably their second unit. That's not bad. The thing is, those guys are all one-way players, if you look at it. Because in a playoff series, I don't know how much you can play Torrey Craig because he doesn't really shoot that well. He defends well, though. That's good. Bryn Forbes shoots really well, does not defend at all. He's yeah. really small, so you're not going to be able to play him, really. DJ Augustine, I mean, he's DJ Augustine, and he's also quite small. So I don't know if you can play him. Bobby Portis, I don't. to be honest, he's kind of a TBD on both ends. And then Pat Connaughton, we saw in the last playoffs, he was not very good in the playoffs because he could not shoot. So it's, it's one of those teams that, again, in, in classic Bud fashion, is going to look quite good in the regular season. But in the playoff setting, the, the the amount of two-way players, I don't even know if they have five two-way players on the roster that they could put together as a functional unit, which is going to limit them in the playoffs. 
in addition to the other issues that they have. But, I mean, Bud does pretty well with his regular season teams. And so I'm going to go over on 50.5 as well. Um, actually, a quick little fun uh, over-under. Over-under Mike Boonholzer career winning percentage in the playoffs. Over-under uh, 51%. Definitely under. Hundred percent. Um, over, over. Yeah, he's at squarely in sixty-four playoff games, thirty-two and thirty-two. And oh, yeah. if you if you break that number down, he's actually only ever been above five hundred in the playoffs one time. That was uh, the twenty eighteen nineteen season swept. where he yeah. got swept. He was three and four. <laughs> Eight and eight, four and six, two and four, ten and five, and then five and five. This man is a fraud. This guy. Yo, when you get swept like, th- what was it, three years in a row with the Hawks or whatever it was, like, mm-hmm. like he's the Dwayne Casey of coaches left in the Eastern, like, you know, contender tier. I definitely don't, I'm not, even if I say, even if I agree that they're going to probably be the number one seed this year, I don't think they're the best team, best Eastern Conference team when it comes to the playoff time. Yeah. Also, yeah. just a fun little like uh, over under. How many uh, how how many seasons in the last like let's say seven has Drew Holiday played more than seven uh, sixty five games? Has he played more than sixty five? Yeah. How many times has he hit sixty five games in the oh, last man. like seven seasons? Let's say. Um, I'm gonna say four. Yeah, I'm, I'm I'm gonna say like three. Yeah. So he has hit. In the last seven seasons, he hit 61 below, 67 above, 81. He had a full 81-game season, 67 above, 65, and 40, but 40 and 34. So after those early injury years, he's been – he's always missed at least 15 to to 20 games a season outside of that one season about two years ago with the Pelicans. Um, So it should be fun to see how he works with the Bucs in a shortened season. Uh, Of course, Bud might play him – a lot less, but do you really have room to play Drew Holiday less at point guard if you have DJ Augustin as a backup? Um, it's not like last year where they had both George Hill and Bledsoe, right? Which at the minimum give you at least a starter, a regular season starter quality point guard. Yeah. Uh, you're a little bit thin now, and Drew Holiday has a bit of a spotty injury history. So it uh, should be interesting how it works out for the Bucks injury wise. They've also been. I think fairly healthy amongst their like core guys the last couple of years. So yeah, well, I mean, it, it helps that Giannis is indestructible, and like Giannis alone yeah. is going to win you. Like, I don't know, man. It doesn't really matter who you, you play with, to be honest. Like Giannis yeah, in a regular okay. season setting, like no one's going to be preparing for that the way they need to in a playoff thing. So I mean, I, I think the three of us all have over for the Milwaukee Bucks. I think that's reasonable. The second one here, uh, the Boston Celtics are second. In terms of uh, uh, Vegas win totals at forty six point five games, uh, Sahal, what, what are you what are you saying for the Boston Celtics? That would be an eighty two game season, a fifty three win season. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna go over, um, and I think Boston's regular season. If I didn't say it before, their regular season I think is going to translate a lot better, like we said, than Milwaukee's will to the playoffs. Um, that team's just built for the playoffs. You look at their roster up and down. Um, they had young guys playing against the Raptors um, in the bubble that looked like they were seasoned veterans. Yeah. Um, they lost Gordon Hayward, who for them was a good half-court offense initiator, a guy who can take some of the playmaking off of Jason Tatum, off of Kemba Walker. Um, they did lose him. And we can't act like, as much as we, we uh, I'm, I'm assuming a lot of people feel like Gordon Hayward was um, paid too much by Charlotte, Um 
he was he's a good player. He's a really good basketball player. Um, so Boston lost him. Um, but I mean, Jason Tatum probably still has another couple levels he could reach in terms of where he is in his superstardom. Jalen Brown, I think, is not at his ceiling yet. Um, I think he's very close, um, much closer than we think. Um, but I think Kemba Walker is still an all-star. Um, I think Boston is has probably the clearest path um, to an NBA championship um, from the East, at least, at least making it there. Um, so I'm going to say over pretty confidently. Um, I like them the best in their division. And um, I honestly won't be surprised if they take the conference as a whole. Um, I think Milwaukee, like we said, their bench is just filled with guys that it just doesn't really make sense. I mean, Torrey Craig's a good player, like you said, and um, DJ Augustine is, these are all solid role players. I don't want to even call them good, but um, Boston, I think that's a six game series, in my opinion, if Boston um, meets up with uh, Milwaukee. So I'm going to say Boston pretty confidently with that over in the regular season. Uh, I'm going to go the other way because I do think – I think it's almost spot on. I, I'll go slightly under. So here's what I'll say. It. One, Kemba's injured to start the season. You already know it. Yeah. He's, he's dealing with knee stuff. They say he's not even going to be ready for the start of the season, so you're going to miss him at the front. Last season they could deal with Kemba being injured because they had Gordon Hayward to mm-hmm. you know right. assist with that point guard duty. They don't have a point guard on that team. As much as you like Jason Tatum or Jalen Brown, neither of them are natural half-court playmakers for others. Um, even if they improve that, you're just not going to see that stark of a difference. You even see with the Clippers, they try to use Kawhi as their main point guard. It doesn't really work out in the half court. And I don't yeah. think the Celtics are as talented on the wings as the Clippers would be. Um, also, just looking at last season, the Clipper, the Celtics won in a 72-game season. We just had one. The Celtics won 48 games. So mm-hmm. 46 and a half. I think if you take out Hayward and you lose Kemba for a part of that, especially given that the division has improved, like the Nets have improved, the Sixers have improved, um, the Raptors have stayed steady. Uh, like you're going to expect there to be a bit more battle within the division games. And again, that these are the teams that are going to lose out on playing those extra games against the crappy teams in the East, right? Cause they're not in the same division as them. Mm, so like, I think all these teams are going to lose a couple wins there. I think they're going to be under, I would have them slaughter around 45, 46 wins in terms of a playoff prediction for them. I don't agree with you at all. I think, for the Bucks, they they don't. I don't think they have um, the half court playmaking to deal with the Bucks defense. Like they have shot creation one on one, but even then, I think it looks flashy. But we saw their half court offense stunk against the Raptors, flat out just stunk. Uh, so I don't think they are. I I think they are. There's again, it's just the East in the playoffs is going to come down to matchups. So which team gets the best set of matchups to get there? Um, and also depends on Kemba Walker's knee. Because if Kemba Walker's not good to go, they lose an offensive creator, um, even if they get the defense back. So I don't know if um, the Celtics, I would still have a question mark moving forward. Yeah, I think I'm with you. I think I'm slightly under on them as well, uh, mostly because of the Kemba thing. They did pick up Jeff Teague, which is cool, I guess. I mean, he I would say Jeff Teague is kind of very average at this point. Uh, low, lowest of keys. I kind of like their rookie Peyton Pritchard. I've been watching. Yeah, I was some of... about to say, I'm a huge fan. Have man. you seen these open runs? This guy, yeah, he's a baller. I was gonna say, yeah, he doesn't jump. He doesn't, but he's just like really smooth. Yeah, he's got like a buzz. This head. is what we were saying about that little <laughs> tiny guy they drafted last year that was chucking threes from 40 feet. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah, and did nothing. He was the steal of the draft. The Celtics are great at winning Twitter. 
with their draft picks, but um, let's see how they actually turn out. Well, I mean, it, it's because Pey- I think people are excited about Peyton, not only because of the skill set, but because it looks like he's from Boston. I don't <laughs> know, man. It looks like, you know, you know, you know, like when it gets like below five degrees Celsius outside and their, their cheeks get really rosy, like yeah. he has that permanently. <laughs> I think it will be interesting just looking at rookies this year. I feel like the rookies that are um, – the older rookies are going to be the ones that are going to perform a lot better this season agree, just because yeah. like – the, the fresher rookies yeah, are going to come in. They're not going to – well, they might There's have no training it. time. There's no summer There's no camp, training nothing. time. So, like, yeah. learning all the plays, getting up to speed with NBA defense, there's going to be no tr- practice in between games at all. So, it's going to be really hard to develop on the fly. Mm-hmm. So, it's really just going to be like you might see flashes of talent, but in terms of, like, having, like, playoff-ready guys, I don't – I highly doubt any of these rookies are going to be ready to go. Yeah. Um, and, again, like, you know, these are a lot of rookies coming to a lot of money. Uh and you don't have bubble like restrictions on them. So you, know, you got a bunch of young guys who are just getting money for the first time. You might see some Otto Porter Jr. partying oh, happening man. on, right? So, uh, <laughs> what, we'll what see was how he that doing? By the way, what was Otto Porter's outfit, man? Why was this man just dressed like, uh, <laughs> this guy was, you know, this guy was dressed like Chris Tucker in, in, in Rush Hour 2, man. In Russia? <laughs> <laughs> this man was buying cheap suits, man. This guy got swindled into buying a cheap suit and, and a, oh. And a live and a live chicken. <laughs> Otto Porter does not know what to do with that twenty-five million dollar salary. He hasn't not, he hasn't known what to do with that salary for the last four or five years. Yo, by the way, uh, for people who haven't seen the video, there's a video. That apparently, Otto Porter was partying around Halloween. Obviously, the you know uh, COVID cases, especially in Chicago, are quite high. Uh, and yeah, no masks, nothing like that. In a in a you know obviously a house party kind of thing. And he was pouring drinks into people's uh, mouths and kind of like whatever, right? Which is pretty nasty in, in this current age um because he wasn't waterfalling it like it was on the lips the nastiest part was Otto porter makes like i don't know 25 mil a year and he yeah. was he was drinking uh costco uh kirkland brand it was like a kirk it said there, it said kirkland on the bottle <laughs> so i don't know what this man was doing i mean at least if you're gonna jeopardize people's lives like at least buy them some like nice champagne or something like that man come on this guy was out here giving them sparkling oh. juice you, know, you gotta buy local right <laughs> This guy was pouring compliments brand sparkling juice into people's mouths. Oh, for real, man. This, this guy's walking around with a Tropicana. Yeah. <laughs> this Tropicana joke. Uh, oh, God. All right. So, uh, you know what? Uh, so, Hall's got the over on the Celtics. Uh, me and Asad are haters. We're going to go slightly under on the Celtics. To be honest, they're going to be a good team. There's no no doubt. I think Tristan Thompson actually is kind of nice, especially if they play really the Heat Edition, yeah, yeah. Like if they play the Heat again, like they're gonna have Tristan out there securing defensive rebounds. I think that's a big issue for them. I think their scoring is really gonna be a little bit tough, especially if Kemba's not elite. And I think Kemba's gotten a little bit old. I mean, they try, they low key try to trade Kemba already. So I mean, I, you know, Kemba has a little bit of that Lou Williams problem when he goes to the playoffs, which is kind of, I mean, it's part of the reason why they haven't gone farther than they did last year. But Still quite good team. Um, the next one on the list, Brooklyn Nets at 45.5 wins. So just one below the Celtics here. That's a 52-win season. Um, you know, I mean, uh, aside, we'll start with you. I, I have no idea what to make of the Brooklyn Nets. There's so I'm many. The, I'm smashing the under on that hard. You're smashing you the me? under. Okay. Are you kidding me? 45? Okay. Like, that's saying, like, okay, the Nets, their best player, Kevin Durant, coming off an Achilles tear. Okay? Mm. Like, I don't care how much training prep that we have literally never seen a player come off an Achilles tear other than Dominique Wilkins to actually have a good season the year after like that guy is just not going to be in game shape even if he's in game shape he's going to be in game shape enough to play four games a week 
That's absolutely ridiculous. If anything, they're going to be load managing him. The Nets' entire ethos has been we're going to take as much time as possible to bring these guys back. Kyrie Irving just got injured at the end of last season, and he's coming off a couple of injuries. So, like, your two best players are coming off of major injuries or coming off of injuries and need to be managed. Kyrie hasn't played a full season in, like, what, three years? Like, he's been consistently injured. So how are they going to have enough games with their top talent to win when the rest of their team, they lack talent? Like, Karis LeVert is the guy? Karis LeVert's also been injured basically his entire career. Mm. So And also the question comes, like, who's playing defense on that team? They have Jacques Vaughn as, like, a leftover from last year, so maybe their defensive scheme stays the same. But they're going to be integrating a whole new offense. Uh, most likely their defense is going to change just because they have new pieces there. 45 wins is ridiculous for that team because there is no way if they're playing against the Celtics, the Raptors, and the Sixers, who at the minimum at least have a core that have played together for multiple years, you're not going to win that um, just off of talent alone in the regular season because those teams have too much built-in knowledge going forward. Um, I'm definitely smashing the under on that. Good Lord. Damn. Um, this guy said definitely. You said it translates to a 52-win season? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, man. Um, oh, man. That's so hard because it's like Durant is Durant, but he's not Durant. And, like, I want – there's no way, like, I'm thinking a Durant and Kyrie-led team are going to be less than 50, 52 wins. Um, I mean, especially KD, be, man. KD has never really been yeah. on losing teams. That's yeah, that's what I'm yeah. saying. KD hasn't I, played five-on-five five basketball in over two years. It's been well, I mean, two years and three months since the last time know, he was on well, NBA court. That could odd, oddly be an argument for him being good, is that, like, the fact that uh, he, he's had extra time to recover. You know what I mean? No, man, because an no, Achilles man. injury is, like, it's not like like that injury happens, you recover. But then, like, the rehab is entirely, like, you've got to, like, get that um, tendon back into, like, actual, like, worn in. So, like, it's stretching. Because the biggest problem with Achilles is that, like, and – Kobe would say this and DeMarcus Cousins had the same issue where your first stint is fine. That first eight minutes you play, it's fine. Everything's loose. But then you sit down, it tightens up so quickly after surgery and it's really hard to stay loose afterwards. So like if he hasn't been playing five on five ball for that long, like NBA level five on five ball and he's just throwing them out there, there's no way in hell that they're playing enough games to get to 46. Like if this is a regular 82 game season, you would say 10 games Kyrie and KD aren't playing anyways because they're getting load managed, right? Yeah. So they're only yeah. playing 72 games anyways. And then if they're only playing 72 games, they'd win maybe 48 of those in a regular season, right? So like uh like if you're winning 48 out of the 72 games they play with load managing, take out the load managing, you're gonna drop them to like 42, maybe 40 to 42. I see them having like a 40 and 32 record. That seems normal to me if you were to 40, look at it. 40 and 32. 40 and 32 is a reasonable record if you're missing games, right? Yeah, but we're acting like Dinwiddie and these guys aren't aren't still on their team. Like Dinwiddie's a bro, really we watched good we watched them get washed by Fred VanVleet. Okay, Yo, bro. Loki Dinwiddie wasn't even there, bro. We, we were watching Chris. <laughs> we were watching Chris Chioza. Like, <laughs> Come on, bro. That's like literally the Fred VanVleet lab lab experiment gone wrong. Like their pick and roll defense. Their pick and roll defense is DeAndre Jordan. Like you want me to believe in this team? They're gonna get washed by literally everybody in the East. Okay. Thanks, Asad. They're um, at the bottom of the six teams. Okay, wow. I saw talking for so long, I forgot what the over-under was. <laughs> 40, 45.5, so a 52-win season. I'm taking the over literally just so we can revisit this and I can okay. tell Asad how stupid he is for betting against Kevin Durant, uh, even a load-managed Kevin Durant. Mm. Um, yeah, I mean, Asad's right, though. Like they, they, no, they got real issues. Way, 
the way it's built is very strange. Like there's there's no plus, almost no plus defenders on that team. I mean, even Torian Prince, who you probably look at as maybe the best defender on that team, is like. I mean, it's supposed to be KD, but like KD off an Achilles, like how much? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's like, and then you look at Torian Prince, and it's like this guy is literally Pascal Siakam's son. So I don't know. I, I feel right. like um, I'm gonna say over for the simple fact that they have very, very good depth players. And I think some of their starters from last year are just getting bumped down. Joe Harris, I think, is a really, really good fit. You need a shooter if you're going to yep. have AD and, and, and Durant on the floor. Um, but even if both are load managed, I, honestly, I don't think Kyrie's going to get load managed all that much. I think you're going to see Kevin Durant um, severely load managed. He's probably going to maybe miss um, 20%, 30% of, of games. We'll see. Um, but I think Kyrie's going to have a breakout year this year. I think he's been talking about it himself, about how he feels more and more like himself. He is, again, coming off an injury. But mm. I think this is the year where we look at Kyrie again. We're like, oh, it's this guy. He's back. Um, and then Levert, I think, has been a budding, I don't want to say star for, for quite some time, but he's been a pretty good player. I mean, he was essentially put the nets on his on his back in the bubble in that first round. They got smacked in the first round. Oh, but, yeah, definitely. Um, Levert, Levert's a good player. Dinwiddie's a good player. Um, DeAndre Jordan's not a terrible – I think he's more of like a backup five at this point, but they're probably going to start him. I'm looking at the rest of the roster. Justin Anderson, eh. They traded for Landry Shamit. Yeah. I guess you could get him some minutes. Um, Luewu Cabarro's still there. He was um, solid. He was solid. Yeah, and he was solid too. So I'm going to take the over, but it's not going to be a crazy, you know, oh, I think they're going to get 50 wins. I think it's just going to be just above, maybe 46, 47. I'm not betting against Durant, man. I'm not doing it. Here's the thing. If you were actually listening to this or betting advice, which I don't know why you would be, but if you were, don't bet on the Brooklyn Nets because there's just like too much variability here. So I think, honestly, what both of you are saying is very valid. For me, I have a lot of questions about this team because it kind of reminds me of like um, the the championship Raptors team. Obviously, you have like the superstar guy Kawhi. This in this case, KD probably going to be missing games. Maybe not be playing all out for the regular season. That's going to be tough. What's going to have to happen if you're going to have your superstar do that is you need to have an established identity with a core group of guys that can go out there and deliver and perform even without your stars and be adaptable and flexible. In order to be adaptable and flexible, you need an actual established core identity which the Nets don't have because they, yeah. they had a team and then Katie and Kyrie came and they blew up the whole team. They don't really have a coaching staff, really. Um, I mean, I don't even want to, like, I don't want to, I believe in Steve Nash just because I like Steve and he was, like, one of my favorite players ever. Um, but, I mean, like, we're talking about a rookie head coach uh, with a weird little coaching staff that they got going on. Um, and so I'm not really sure where that stability is going to come from. And then the other question is just, like, defense, man. Like, uh, you know, I just don't know how many of these guys are defensively oriented, as the Hall said. So, I mean, um, it's tough. Yeah, Jared, Jared to, Allen's in a contract year. You know, like DeAndre. East, you have to have a top five defense. You do. That's out. for sure. Yeah. You can't – all the top five – like, almost all the top five defenses sit in the East. So, like, if you're going to try to get through the East, you better have a defense or you have to be otherworldly offensively, which maybe they can. They can, they can be, KD, though. But they, they can be. But there's also not enough of the ball to go around. Because you look at the on paper, you're like, all right, Levert, Dinwiddie, wow. Dinwiddie's like their fourth ball handler. That's pretty good. Like, you know, we run Pat McCall out there all the time. Like, Dinwiddie's never going to have the ball, man. Like, it's just like Katie and Kyrie's going to have the ball like 50, 60% of the time. Levert's going to have it a little bit. 
I mean, like the rest of these guys aren't even going to touch the ball. So, I mean, Jeff Green might come into the game and check out of the game without ever touching the ball, man, unless it's a rebound. Like, Yeah, man, I think that team <laughs> is literally perfectly built to be a team that makes a massive trade in the middle of the season. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah. Bradley Beal, something's going to happen with that team where – it like like we just we just said it just doesn't fit. It just doesn't look right when you look at their roster. Um, maybe you get a guy like Bradley Beal midseason, but yo, Draymond would be a killer on this team. Draymond would look good on this team, yeah, yeah. Like He'd make you... Joe Harris look damn good. Like we know Joe oh, Harris yeah. is one of the best shooters in the league, but like that's ex- almost exactly what they need. Damn, I didn't think about that. Draymond to the Nets, yeah. Yo, and trade Jared Allen too, because I feel like okay, because it's. Jared Allen's now entering contract year. He's played really well, but you're going to be essentially telling him, like, yo, KD's friends with DeAndre, so you're going to have to come off the bench. Like, that's that's a situation where a player gets traded. Like, a little yeah. might get moved to, but... Uh, I mean, that's... Thing, unless they have a five... Unless, like, they're playing KD at the five as their closing lineup, which they could do. Mm-hmm. I don't know how healthy KD is to do that. You can't not have a five-man. And the fact of the matter is DeAndre Jordan is not your five-man if you yeah. want to play defense at any point, right? You can't even use them on offense, to be honest. You're not even... A good enough offensive threat to actually matter in your. Best Why did they get him? I don't. I still. I, to this day, I don't. They're friends, yo. It's a all f- all vibes team, man. Like, yeah, man. I saw. That's why I don't quote. trust this team at all. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I saw no trust on this team. Today, he's like, oh well, Mike D'Antoni's going to handle the offense, and Jacques Vaughn's going to handle the defense, and I'm just I'm <laughs> like, you know, like, Steve's got a great job, man. <laughs> yo, job. like. If I just came to work and I was like, all right, someone's going to do the writing for me. Someone's going to do the podcasting for me, man. Someone's going to do the marketing for me. Well, you have both of us on the pod today, so. Oh, wow. Well, no, come on, guys. <laughs> this, this group chat is the source of at least two things per game out of the 10 things. So, uh, uh, for me, I'm going, ah, man, I'm going to go slightly under. So, I'm going to keep, uh, my card right now is the same as the sides, but I would say very, very close to this number. I think it kind of evens out. Next team, Miami Heat, 44.5. That's a 50.5 win season. I mean, I don't know. I mean, it, it seems solid. I would say, obviously, Miami's coming off that finals appearance and it looked quite good. And you might say, well, of course, they went to the finals. They should be even higher. It's weird. I don't want to slander. Uh, my guy Eric Spolstra like this, but without LeBron on his team, this guy has not won 50 games in the season. It's actually kind of amazing. Yeah. Um, yo, Miami. Yo, you know what's crazy about Miami is that um, uh, you look at their team. Obviously, the team starts and ends with Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler has played a lot in the last, what, eight, eight years, 10 years? He's played a lot in terms of his minute total. Mm. Um, I thought this would be the year we kind of see Jimmy go through like injury, injury um, problems. He went through the bubble. He was maybe the most overused player in the bubble, but it worked for them. I mean, they made the finals. Um, As sad as this sounds, I think this is the year where Jimmy's body starts to break down a bit. You never want to like predict that for a player, but um, just looking at his past, how much he played in Chicago, Thibodeau literally tried to kill the guy. And then um, he went to Philly, played a lot there. Um, while he was there for his short stint. And then now he's in Miami. And I think with that team, it's like when they lose a guy like that, of course I'm talking hypothetical, but when you lose a guy like that, it's like that's the heart and soul of their team. Um, but again, that roster is like from from top to bottom is, is really, really solid. Um, they got Myers Leonard back. Um, okay. They lost a guy like Derek Jones, but it's like uh, who, who really cares, to be honest. They got Avery Bradley and, and Mo Harkless, which is I think are really, really good additions to that team. They kind of fit the, fit the culture there as well, just long, 
defending, you know, like guys that'll just get in your face. Um, and then they kept like their core guys, Jimmy Butler, Tyler Harrow, Duncan Robinson, Bam. Um, I'm going to say over. I just really love the team chemistry on that team, man. I, I love the way they play together. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the only thing that would keep them from not going over is um, an injury to like a guy like Jimmy Butler or maybe Bam or something like that where they just can't recover. Um, but yeah, I'm going to say over. I, from what I saw in the bubble, man, that team has a if we're talking identities, like clear-cut identities, like for that we said Brooklyn lacked, I think Miami, Miami's a perfect example of a team that maybe they don't match up with you talent-wise, but they know what the hell they're doing um, offensively and defensively. So I'm gonna say over for Miami. Yeah, I'm gonna say over. Yeah, I, I agree with Sahal. I don't. I think it's a push. I think that's basically <clears throat> like 44 or 45 is where I'd have that. They won 44 games, I think, this year but they end up at 44 and whatever was their record in 72 games. They had a hot streak this regular season as well. But I do think like looking at the regular season, the way it's going to be, Miami's probably the best setup for it. Like you want a team that's professional where your guys are going to be in shape. Like you don't know how this COVID season is going to go. You don't know how people are coming off of like a lot of these teams, like they haven't played basketball in like eight months. Right. So a team yeah. like Miami that, you know, played recently, um, you know, all the guys are going to be in shape. There's like a strong, you know, accountability up and down the roster. They're probably better set to win regular season games than most. Uh, so I think it's probably a push. Again, my reasons for why they wouldn't be over would be the same. Like, you don't know about injury concerns and stuff like that. Uh, also, like, bam, out of bio, how much better does he become? Like, if he grows, they could jump up. Jimmy Butler, if he his foul rate declines even a little bit, maybe, you know, a little bit of decline with Jimmy Butler loses a lot of their offense, right? Goran Dragic is coming off of a – plantar fasciae injury you don't know how he's going to recover as well off of that um since he could barely move in the finals so yeah we'll see how things go i think it's more or less even for me though for miami yeah i, I like the number here too uh, i'm also going to go over so this is actually the only team no we all went over for the bucks too um but uh yeah i mean i think the team's really solid the only slight concern i have is like they're they're low-key old and it's weird to yeah. think about because you're like, all right, they got Duncan Robinson, they got Bam, they got Tyler Hero. Uh, even if you want to count Kendrick Nunn, all right, then like, you know, that's those are younger guys that you, you would think this is a team on the rise. But really, like when you look at a lot of these rotation players, whether it's uh, Jimmy Butler, whether it's uh, Andre Godala, whether it's Goran Dragic, you know, they brought in Avery Bradley as well. Um, I think is Kelly Olenek getting up there in age too? Like uh, there's a lot of 30 year olds on this team that, that are in the rotation. Kelly's yeah. So he's turning 30 in the middle of the season as well. Yeah. Like, I was about to say, I think he's 29. Yeah. Yeah. So he's like, it's a low key, a little bit of an older roster, but I think the continuity here is quite good. The roster, they have a clear identity. That's going to be huge because you're not going to have training camp. You're going to have people in and out of your lineup all year, you know, probably due to multiple reasons. Uh, and what's going to carry you through is you, do you have an identity? Like the Heat, for example, is like almost entirely different than what the Nets are because the Nets is like, I don't know what's going on. I don't know who's coaching. I don't know what's going on, who's playing, who likes who, anything like that. The Heat have a clear culture. They have a clear identity. And in a season like this, plus also they're playing in a crappy conference, the South, the, the Southeast. Like they're just going to get so many easy wins from that. So we all got them for over. Uh, the Sixers are also at 44.5. So the same number as the Heat. Um, I think a lot of people are getting really excited about the fact that they have two shooters without thinking about the fact that those two shooters are Seth Curry and, and Danny Green. But 
Asad Askew, man. Are they over? Are they under? What's going on? Daryl Morey. I think they fixed e- the Sixers. I think I think they're even as well. Like, like that's a good number for them. Like they won forty three games last year and they didn't even fit yep. in seventy two, right? So like, yeah. So like you're talking about as long as Joel stays healthy, it is a big ask. I think for Joel to be playing four games a week uh, and heavy minutes. I don't know who his backup is there anymore, but um, Dwight Howard, baby. Dwight Howard. So you know. So yeah. you know maybe i think i think 44 is a good number for them uh i would say just under by 0.5 because i think they're all they're going to continue having their fit issues um again they have shooting but not that much shooting where like if any of those guys have a cold shooting night they're done for right like danny green has a classic cold shooting night their entire offense kind of falls apart right so but i do think they their additions are good i don't know what doc rivers coaching philosophy is but he can get a good win good regular season win team out of it he says he wants uh, to run a lot of pick and roll with ben simmons and joel Embiid, which should be interesting again like i don't think that works i mean <laughs> the sixers i think the sixers have been known um for the last like four years to basically never have a closing roster similar to their starting roster at all because they always make moves so this is a team that's always in flux i don't know how much daryl Morey changes that because daryl Morey's constantly gonna be looking for trades i'll say under just because there's a lot of questions there but I do think in terms of power rankings, like they're like, that's a team where if they can get things to actually work correctly, they would be like in the top half of those six teams in terms of like playoff potential. Uh, but again, it's getting there because their defense should be solid. I think regardless, I think defensively they're a solid unit and they can get there and all they need is a point guard, which I don't think they really have right now, but yeah. Yeah. I'm going to go. I'm going to go under as well, but I'm going to preface that with saying um, I love their offseason additions. Um, Daryl Morey leading that team is obviously a plus. I don't like it. I don't know about, uh, yeah, I don't know about Doc Rivers as a head coach. Like, he's, he's good. I mean, he's probably consensus. People would agree he's like a top six, top five head coach in the league. Um, but it's like I, I feel like the beginning of the year is going to be spent on – Doc Rivers figuring them out. Like, like we keep we keep coming back to the same point where it's like there's a limited amount of time for these teams that were just built um, for them to figure figure out what their identity is. And I feel like Doc Rivers is going to do a lot of experimenting um, early on, and that that's going to mean losses to like pretty bad teams, I think. Um, but I I do think with that being said, they're going to start figuring figuring it out late in the season, or maybe maybe even mid season, and then they're just going to start going on a roll. Um, talent-wise, that team doesn't really have much to worry about. Um, they're in the upper echelon, upper echelon I want to say, of talent. Um, I like the Seth Curry edition. I like Seth Curry a lot, man. Like that guy is just uh, a pure initiator of offense and can shoot the lights out from from outside. Um, but I am gonna say under. But I wish you could just say even because I just I really think it's gonna be just around that number, either just slightly under by a win or just slightly over by a win. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to say under for now. But damn, I know I'm going to come back to this and just be like, shit, what were you thinking? I'm going to say under. <laughs> the thing with the Sixers, I will say, though, is they're, they were a horrible road team last year. So given, like, whatever the split is this year, like, if they don't improve on the road, like, they were 12-26 and 26 on the road last year, which yeah. is just, like, Lord. for a team that you think, because they're 31-4 and four at home. So, you know, without having the home crowd, even for the home games, um, I don't know how much I don't know how much that affects their team and their psyche because it seems like their best players kind of go with the home and the road stuff. But we'll see how that goes with them. Um, but, yeah, 
that's the only other thing. There's more movement, right, this year, so. Yeah, I, look, I mostly agree with everything you guys said. I'm going to go slightly over only because Embiid played only 51 games last year. Obviously, Embiid's an injury-prone kind of guy. But, like, 51 out of, what, 73 that they played last year, I think he can play a little bit more than that. And if Embiid plays, the, the Sixers are going to be pretty competitive. He's just that good. Uh, I think the fit is probably a little bit better. Um, I still think they, they need other pieces, but I do trust Daryl Morey to make moves. Maybe not always make the right ones, but this man's always going to be tinkering. So he's uh, he's going to make a bit of a move. I think maybe in a midseason trade, get a point guard kind of thing. But um, for now, I think they're they're I think they're actually decently solid as a team. So I'm going to go slightly over, but not by too much. Um, we- Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. I finally arrived at the Toronto Raptors. So uh, Vegas has the Raptors at 41.5 wins. That is a 47-win season for the Raptors. By the way, let me just remind everybody, it's a 72-game season. The Raptors played, obviously, a 72-game season this fall, uh, previous uh, year. They were at 53 wins. So they dropped the Raptors from 53 wins to 41.5. I think they think we lost prime Serge Ibaka and prime Marc Gasol <laughs> because you're slashing 11. What is going on? 12, 12 Bro, wins, not, man. This, this isn't defensive player of the year, Gasol, we lost. This isn't... I mean, no, but this is this is how you this this is how you have to do it, right? When you have the Nets at forty six wins, this is where they make it up, and this is why I, I was low on the Nets because I'm like the Nets have to play the Celtics, the Sixers, and the Raptors, and like none of those teams are gonna be bad enough to lose to you know a team with a half ass defense, and like again the Raptors, you're dropping them twelve games for losing Gasol, who played half their regular season games and only played like what fifteen minutes a game in those half of them he didn't have a hamstring, uh, and and like the amount of injuries that were there last year. If the Raptors have as bad injury luck as they did last season, then maybe you can talk me into 41 games somehow. But even then, it makes zero sense to me. Like, for that to happen, Kyle Lowry would have to fall off, like, a literal cliff. Yeah. Like, someone would have to – I don't know if there are cliffs in Tampa, but someone would have to actually push him off a cliff while playing golf. Like, I think 41 is ridiculous. I think the Raptors are going to be closer to maybe 45 to 46, 47 wins mm. is where I have them pegged. I have them – like when it comes to ranking the quality of the teams in the East, I, I would say the Bucks. Like for the regular season, I'd put the Bucks first, and then it's like a mismatch of Raptors, Celtics, Heat, um, Sixers. Right, those four teams in any order. I think. I think mm-hmm. I have the Heat at the lowest there for the regular season, just because again I don't really know. Like their talent isn't as overwhelming there. 
Um, and then the Celtics are perpetual underachievers, so I never really think of them too highly. The Raptors have been perpetual overachievers, yeah. um, and they're bringing the same core back again, which means their defense, like even if you have questions about their five-man on the defense, one through four is the exact same dudes who were playing the exact same hellish defense yeah. last year. Mm-hmm. Um, there's no way to game plan for the Raptors, and if you have a shortened season, I think they're just going to dominate in that as well. And the Raptors were even home and away, so I don't, I don't think playing in Tampa is going to affect them as much as people think. If anything, it might help them lock in a bit more. But yeah, hundred percent over. Yeah, man, I'm going over as well. Um, and this is a clear over for me for every single reason Assad pointed out. Um, and then on top of that, we're not expecting like we're not saying this is an over because Fred Van Fleet's gonna you know average twenty five points. Like this isn't a ridiculous. Um, Siakam's gonna become a first team All NBA. No, like they don't even need to be that. I mean, like we go back to the same point. Teams with identities. The Raptors have a clear-cut identity. Um, uh, Losing Gasol, obviously, it's a guy they maybe wanted to bring back. Like, they they met with him. Mm -hmm. They wanted him back at a certain number. He didn't want to come back. Um, But again, Marc Gasol is is not... If we're talking about importance, um, and you're looking at that whole Raptors roster, Marc Gasol is, is relatively not as important as the other guys who are getting major minutes. Um, and then Ibaka, I think, is 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 more is a bigger loss, of course. But um, again, the, the the guys that fuel this team, the guy I should say is Kyle Lowry, mm-hmm. and then you have him surrounded by the same guys, Fred Van Fleet. Um, you know, we'll see what happens with obviously Terrence Davis in terms of his legal situation. But um, you have Pascal Siakam. They brought in Alex Land. They brought in Aaron Baines, who I'm a big fan of. Like this guy's an older guy. No, but, but he, he really is like, a, a Southern Hemisphere Marcus Gasol, man. Yeah. Like, w- without like, the passing, but, like, he could score better. And the defensively, score it's better. Yeah, and he's, and he's a solid yeah. rim protector for a guy that looks like a smaller guy. I think he's 6'10", but, like, this isn't a 7'2 guy who's, who's protecting the rim and just putting his arms up. Like, this is a guy who fights every single play. I like I like the the, the identity that he has as, as, his own, as his own player, like how he fits into the Raptors solid pick and roll guy. I mean, this isn't the worst. This is probably the best option the Raptors could have gotten in terms of yeah. a big man at that stage of, of free agency. So um, that would keep them competitive. I mean, we were all kind of panicking who's going to be their starting five, who's going to be their starting five. Um, I guess Baines is like the short-term answer for that. Um, Masai is very similar to Daryl Morey and just the other elite general managers and, and presidents who where he's always, like you said, tinkering with, with his roster and was going to try and find a competitive advantage. So we'll see what Masai does, but I'm going to say this is like the easiest, the easiest over, um, easiest over, man. Come on. What was it? 41 and a half, 42? A lot of this, a lot of this comes to like, people have this image of Pascal in the bubble and that too. It's like, it's, it's ridiculous. Cause people forget, like if you look at the league, there are maybe seven or eight teams total that can guard Pascal Siakam one on one. If you can't guard, if you have, if you can't guard Pascal Siakam one on one, the Raptors are going to shred you because yeah. then you can't st- stop them in the half court or the full court. <laughs> There's only like seven teams that actually have defenders for him one on one to stop him. So twenty three teams are going to get the work from Pascal. Anytime Pascal scored over twenty points, the Raptors won last year. I think we only lost one game where he scored over twenty last season. That was against the Celtics, where he had a thirty piece and nobody else scored, and that was like a tight one. So, like, I don't, I don't see where this, like, the losses are going to come for the Raptors to be that low. 
Yeah, look, um, I, I love Serge and Mark. You know, I you said a lot of nice things about them on this pod, but like, were they what the f- fifth and sixth best players on the team? Like, depends. Like, do you think OG was better than Serge last year? One hundred percent. Yeah. yeah so they're the obviously Fred and Kyle and Pascal. So we're we're talking about the fourth and fifth players here. I would say Mark was amply replaced by Baines. Baines. So you're you're lo- you're losing your like fifth best player in um, Ibaka and from last season. And okay, this is where I get a little absurd. All right. You know, listen, um, Chris Boucher, I know we've had our differences. You know, I've made some rude remarks. You know, I I own that, but I will, I will put on the Chris Boucher propaganda right here. All right. Chris Boucher last season in 11 games where he played over 20 minutes, the Raptors went, uh, they went nine and two. So that's quite good. Uh, and he averaged in those in, in those in those uh, eleven games where he played over twenty minutes, he averaged seventeen points per game. All right, eight point four rebounds. He shot fifty three percent from the field, forty four percent from three. All right, we know the three is maybe not consistent. She got yeah. to the free throw line a fair bit. Uh, Four point seven attempts per game. He hit those, you know, r- roughly seventy percent. Got you a steal. Got you two blocks. And again, the Raptors won those games. Now, of course, Nick was using. Chris a lot more selectively last season as he could as compared to this year, but I'm just saying, and that's not bad. And, and it's really a question of how much Boucher falls off from what Serge would have given you. Um, I would obviously Serge is the better player. Definitely. I'm not trying to say this is like some sort of like improvement or even an even kind of thing, but bro, like Boucher played some pretty important games, man. I mean like Clippers Lakers are on this list. Celtics are on this list. Milwaukee's on this list. Denver's on this list. You know, Philly's on this list. Like, he had the closing dunk against Dallas. He was part of that thirty. Dallas, yeah, yeah, he was the core yeah. in that lineup. He was the he was the the center back basically on that. Uh, he's the free safety on defense. So, and the thing with Chris is like, you don't even have to replace his Serge's offense, Serge's production with just Chris Boucher. Really, what you're going to do is you're going to move those touches around. Now, Serge's touches are going to become increased usage for OG, which is a positive thing. Yes, increased touches for Norm, Pascal, uh, Fred. Even Kyle maybe can use some of those or whoever those touches go to, like people who were underutilized for. And also, like, as long as Kyle Lowry, again, as long as Kyle Lowry's Kyle Lowry, it doesn't matter. As long as you don't, the big doesn't have to think. Your big man just has to be (laughs) able to shoot it or dunk it. Kyle Lowry's going to put the ball in the right spot. So it doesn't really matter as long as Kyle's Kyle. And again, if Kyle's not Kyle, then all this doesn't even matter. So, yeah, Yeah, that, that was my whole thing. It's like when you have a point guard like Kyle Lowry, this man got. Bismack, Young, <laughs> a four-year, $72 million contract. Yep. Like that, when we talk about things Kyle Lowry has accomplished in his career, mm. we talk about the gold medal, we talk about the NBA <laughs> championship, we talk about six-time All-Star. Or is it six or seven? Six, six-time All-Star, I think. He's seven now. Oh, seven now? Yeah. Bro, Bismack, getting Bismack oh. Biombo that money. And I don't, <laughs> listen, Bismack Biombo, you played great in Toronto. He had a great playoff oh, run, one yep. of the better players in the playoffs bro when uh, this man was blocking uh, josh mcroberts come on man yo he Legend, gave us bro. he gave and us hey, memories Bismarck. that's the that's the that's the big money that kyle got somebody but think about the real money kyle got somebody was <laughs> ronde hollis jefferson got a deal this year yo, because relax, bro. kyle yeah, was hey. able to make him a pick and roll ball handler <laughs> in at least three plays this season you're hating you're hating oh, i'm a ronde fan man bro, i like ronde effectively was running pick and roll as a ball handler because kyle Lowry was setting screens in the 
middle of the paint. Yo, bro, the paint was so congested, man. Yo, the paint was like a, a middle school dance, bro. Like oh, when dude. when Sean Paul came on, that's how round they. <laughs> yo, but to get, yo, to be honest though, guys, Chris Boucher, I like him. I feel like there was kind of mixed feelings when when it was when it was announced the Raptors re-signed him. I don't know if it was the money thing. I mean, what was it, six and a half million? He's getting a year, or six point seven five million. I mean, it is what it is. Like Chris Boucher has proven to be a guy that, as a rotational player, can play really well in big games. Like we said, like that Lakers game was the first one that came to my mind. Like this guy took over the game completely. Yeah. Um, so I mean, oh, man, it's every year, man. The Raptors are so disrespected with these, uh, these Vegas, these these over unders and all this stuff. But I mean. It is what it is, man. At this point, it's to, like... And not to be too propaganda, but okay, Chris Boucher, you can't trust him to bring it every night. Well, that's why you yeah. have Alex Len, who's basically right, like... Right. We've gone too far, yeah. bro. No, but nah, if you look at like Alex Len's career stats, like he's putting up 20 minutes and he's basically been giving you Chris Boucher-like numbers, right? Where if he's going, he's great. And if he's not, he's not. So you got to have... You got two guys who have like a 50-50 shot of being on that night. And I think that's kind of the bet, right? If you can get Aaron Baines for like 50 of the 72 games of consistency, and then you kind of roll with Len and Boucher. Um, and then, you know, you're hoping for the best. Most likely you're going to get, uh, you know, a lot of good Pascal, Fred, and OG games where you don't even have to worry about that crap. So, Yeah, I mean, no, this is this is easy money. Uh, bet the Raptors, man. Bet the over on the Raptors. 41.5, I mean, that's hilarious. Um, we can kind of go a little bit quicker through the rest of this list because the oh, rest yeah. of these teams are not relevant. Uh, the Indiana Pacers, 39.5, so that's a 45-win season for – Nate Bjorkren, um, are you guys excited for Nate? I, I, honestly, I already hear some good things because Indiana was already saying that, like, look, we want to shoot threes. I don't know why we were shooting on these long twos. TJ Warren, you know, was uh, was dominating the last time we saw him. And, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't I don't know, man. Victor Oladipo might be better, I, I to be honest. I don't know. I, I have no idea what to think about the Pacers. They're just, they're just a destined first round out, man. I don't know what else to say. <laughs> <laughs> Literally, it, it doesn't. Uh, it doesn't matter what their over under is. Their over under is zero for for uh, for for yeah, playoff man. rounds. The Pacers are one of those teams, man, that they just they don't really have a superstar. It's just a bunch of like solid players. Yeah, um, yeah. And then like you have Sabonis, who's like a really good player. Um, Jeremy Lamb, like they have good players, man. But it's like this team is like you get to the playoffs with them, and it's like all right, see you, see you later, guys. Um, I'm looking at their team. Brogdon is like Brogdon's one of the few NBA players that like this guy just does everything you need for a basketball team to win a game. If that makes mm-hmm. sense, yeah. Um, just a really good three and D guy can handle the ball. Um, make does all those little things. But um, man, you know what? If it translates to 45, oh, man. You know, if they didn't re-sign, I mean, if they didn't sign um, Nate, Nate, Nate Bjorkren as their as their head coach, yeah. No, nah, I'm gonna take the under. I'm gonna take the under, man. I'm gonna okay, take good. the under. I'm good, sorry, Nate. I'm yeah. taking the under. Listen, man, you had you had the over on five of the first six teams, so it makes it makes sense. <laughs> you want under. <laughs> you guys are hating, but yeah, yeah. No, I'm gonna go under two. I'm gonna say 38, 37 is probably the max out for the team. Who knows? Yeah. Control Depot might be traded halfway through the season anyways, because, again, the man's literally out there telling people, yo. Oladipo's gone, I think. Oladipo's yo, one of the guys. on your team? <laughs> this guy's gone, bro. Like, he's, I think he's gone. There's no way you can keep yeah. a guy on your team after, like, a report like that comes out. And we don't even know really how good he even is. Like, 
He had, he had one good season. Yep. His three ball kind of fell off before he got injured. Uh, then after injury, he's just been like, you know, he's recovering and he's clearly looked like a recovering player. Brogdon, again, he was good to start the season and then he got hurt and then I, he numbers tailed off. Um, he he tr- had clearly struggles with the greater usage. Uh, is TJ Warren the bubble guy that you saw? I don't know. Maybe, maybe not. Uh, there's a lot of questions on this team. Again, is Old Depot going to be there all season? And I think the rest of the East has gotten better. Like they have gotten to the point where they've gotten better to the point where, you know, Indiana just being, you know, consistent isn't going to get it done. I think some of the talent deficits going to start to show. Uh, so I think they're going to be under. The team's just not that good, man. I don't know what to say. Because the thing is, like, even if some of these guys are like, okay, you know, Old Depot gets more touches or like Miles Turner breaks out or whatever, like they're just going to be taking touches from players that are like roughly as good as them. So it's not going to actually move the needle. That's a lot more difficult for Nate to drop plays for uh, Miles Turner and uh, Malcolm Brogdon when he came from, like, Kyle Lowry and Pascal Siakam. <laughs> yeah, yikes. Um, yeah, I'm going to go under on this, too. Uh, I'm sorry, Joe Wolfon, man. Um, all right, the Atlanta Hawks, man. Uh, 36.5, that's, uh, you know, pretty much 500 uh, in a 72-game season. The Hawks made a lot of off-season moves, and I think that's why they moved out of the basement to sort of uh, around 500. Um, let me just pull up Atlanta's moves because there are quite a number of them. So they signed Danilo Gallinari. They signed Rajon Rondo. They signed Chris Dunn. They added Solomon Hill. Okay, all right. And, of course, they got Bogdan Bogdanovich, which means, obviously, that Giannis is going to Atlanta next year. Uh, they also drafted Onyeka Okongwu, who I think a lot of people really liked. He was the guy that people were saying had BAM-like tendencies, probably because they're both Nigerian. I uh, played the same position. You know, you know how draft, you know how draft stocks are, bro. You know how they are nowadays. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah. They were calling Malachi Flynn uh, Red Van Vliet. so you know, like that's that's how they that's how they move with all of these. But uh, I mean, to be honest, uh, it's a lot of new pieces, and it seems like they're going for it. Uh, I'm not really sure about the identity of this team. I think obviously Trey Young is still the central piece of it, but he doesn't play any defense. They kind of added pieces around him. They got decent talent. Um, do you think they get to 500? I'm still skeptical on saying no, but um, I don't know where you guys are at with this. I think still no. Uh, here's my take. I think they're basically built like last year's Suns team were, where you have like this offensive mm. superstar and then you put a couple of useful veterans around him. The only difference is I think the Suns might have been a better defensive team on paper. Uh, this team again, Galnari, is he going to stay healthy? Rondo, is he even a regular season player at this point? Um, Chris, I was going to say, why would you say, why would you sign him? playoff Rondo if you're not going to the playoffs? <laughs> exactly. Uh, like they might sneak into the playoffs, but I think they're going to be under just because the teams in the East are really freaking good. And the yeah. teams in the top of the West are also really freaking good. And they're not going to be able to beat up on the lower East teams as much. Uh, so I think the Hawks are, I think they're probably 33 to 35 win team. Rather than being over thirty six, uh, mm-hmm. but yeah, I'm gonna say because how much better Trey Young stats gonna re- realistically get? <laughs> like the man was already averaging. I, over ideally, 30%. those numbers actually come down so that like they could actually yeah. run like more functional stuff outside of what he's doing. But I mean, he just also doesn't play any defense. Like he's legitimately the worst defender in the league. It doesn't really matter if you pair him with Rajon Rondo or Chris Dunn. Like it, it, it he, they're not guarding the man for him so it's yeah, not gonna, gonna get help. a lot of those uh wizards rockets games this year for yeah, the hawks yeah, where it's yeah. gonna be 160 points in regulation or something yeah yeah so, i think with the hawks roster you kind of look at them and you're like okay we know what we're probably gonna get from trey young we know what gallinari is at this stage of his career 
Um, you probably know what you're getting from Bogdan. I think he's, I don't want to say he's reached his ceiling, but like we've, I mean, we've seen what Bogdan's been doing with the Kings the last few last few years. Um, I think what it's going to come down to for them to take that leap that everyone's expecting them to take is a guy like DeAndre Hunter. Like that's a guy that a lot of people right. forgot about. Yeah. He was a high pick last year. Um, he was supposed to be like their defensive anchor or like that's what they project him to be, like a defensive anchor for them. Um, and then we'll see what guys like Okongwu can do because I'm sure they're going to give him like rotational minutes and they want him to be that guy that maybe that they can rely on if they get to the playoffs, like um, in, as, in a rotation at least. Obviously, I don't think he's going to play big minutes, but they need those type of guys to step up. Like Kevin Herter, like these type of guys need to step up. Right. Um, you know what you're getting. Yeah, you know what you're getting from like Gallinari and stuff. Um, it's a weird team, man. Collins. Oh man, this is. I don't know. They're a pretty young team, and you know they're really young. And the thing they're is, like really the season young. starts yeah. December twenty second. The new season of Call of Duty is December tenth. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how much is going to translate with you guys. So, no, this is definitely a team that uh, I would I would really want to play on two K with because I I would feel like it'd be yeah. a cool lineup because I'm like, all right, John Collins can dunk, Trey Young can do Trey Young things, Bogdan Bogdanovich. You know, at least playing NBA Live was pretty good. I don't know, but yeah, uh, this is such a 500 ass team, man. Like to be honest, I'm I'm looking at I'm looking at this team. I'm like, I just see like, what is there 72 games? I just see 36 and 36. Like I literally see them as a 36 and 36 team, getting into the playoffs. Um, maybe giving like a high seed, like taking them to like, uh, no, no, I'm tripping. <laughs> They're losing five or whatever. But um, well, if they play the Bucks, they'll go seven. Oh, definitely, yeah. bro. Yeah, yeah. Mike Boonholz is going to be dropping Brook Lopez back on Trey Young. I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait for that. Um, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say over. <laughs> it would oh, be okay. hilarious. Right. How, yeah. how hilarious would it be if Bogdan Bogdanovich ends the Bucks' dreams in the first round of the playoffs? <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm actually, you know what? I'm all in. I'm, I'm all in on the Hawks. All in on the Hawks. Yeah. I'm going to say over barely. Like, I think. I'm thinking like if it's not 36 and 36, it's gonna be like 37 and 35. Okay. But with that being said, I, I will not be surprised whatsoever if they fall under and become like a 33, 34 win team. Mm. Um, they're gonna be fun to watch, man. Trey Young, John Collins, Gallinari, Bogdanovich, um, Rondo is not a regular season guy, and I got a lot of flack, man, for this Rondo stuff, for how he played in the playoffs. Like I was slandering the hell out of him during the regular season, only from like my Entire friends to just like, oh, remember what you were saying about Rondo? Take that back. Oh, so it's like, uh, we'll see, man. Yeah, I'm taking over barely. I I think they trade Rondo the trade deadline. That's a nice contract to uh, to move, and I think a lot of teams will be looking to add Rondo. But I don't know. Yeah, yeah, Atlanta also has like a pretty. It seems like they want to win, so maybe they don't move him, but. It's uh yeah, I'm going under. I just don't think they play defense. All right, Orlando Magic 32.5. Can we all just say under and move on? Yeah. <laughs> this team, yo, this I'm team is so under. boring, man. I Do mean they like have a point guard? Oh then Marco Fultz. Yeah, under Marco Oh bro. Yo, they, don't, they gotta bring you back, man. They gotta put some respect on the assist leader for the season, three point nine. I still <laughs> don't understand what they were thinking, but Sheldon back. <laughs> <laughs> Max the man, or I am the man. Sorry, I should say. Yeah, salute, uh, man. Salute. Um, yeah, they're just uh, such a boring team. Isaac's out for the whole year now because the season started earlier. Oh, like, yeah, 100%. 100%. Nah, man, this team sucks. Why is Vucevic like, so comfortable? 
comfortable there. Like, get out of that situation, bro. He like, paid him like a hundred million dollars. No, I care, that. Man. And, it's, and he's not getting taxed. I see that. But like, yeah. There comes the time in your career where you're like, okay, like money's one thing, but like I'm trying to win now. Bro, I'm he not- tried it, and then he had to play Marcus All in the first round of the playoffs, and he realized, "Yo, give me every dollar I can," because I'm literally one bad Marcus All matchup away from losing an NBA contract. Yeah, I still torment him. All right, this is my favorite team in the East to watch this year. My, my guilty pleasure: the Washington Wizards at 29.5 games. That's a 33.5 win season. Honestly. I'm going over for them. They won 25 games last year. They were horrendous in the bubble, obviously, because they didn't bring Bradley Beal because he just said, I'm good, love, enjoy. And Davis Bertans was like, you're about to pay me $80 million. I'm not risking an injury. I'm, I'm, you know, like I'm a premium Matt Bonner and you guys are paying me 80 mil. But no, I mean, this team is fun. John Wall's coming back. I like John Wall and uh, I'm excited to see him back with this team. I like Rui Hachimura. I like honestly Bertans is pretty decent. I was just kidding about the Bonner thing. Uh I I like them as the over, man. This is a fun team for me to watch. And I think they might make some noise in the playoffs in, in terms of scaring the Bucks in the one eight matchup. Yeah, I'm a fan um of Bradley Beal, of Shabazz Napier's forehead, <laughs> of Ian Mahinami's NBA agent. Bro, um, how is he still there? <laughs> I don't understand how he's got that contract or and what Ernie Grunfeld or whoever the hell was running that team got him? What was that? Four years, sixty-two or something yeah, around yeah, yeah. that. Yeah, I don't know how he got that contract, but um, yeah, I'm Bradley Beal's one of my favorite players in the league. That guy mm-hmm. will just do every like the fact that he led that team without John Wall to twenty-five wins. That team was absolute trash. Like, like this is a re- this was a really bad basketball team. It's not that I really think John Wall's going to come back and be like the saving grace there. Mm-hmm. Speaking of John Wall, I think it's hilarious the fact that this guy requested a trade. <laughs> I mean, he didn't realize that, like, bro, you're getting paid $40 million, uh, like, bro, over were... and over and over again. Like, no one's taking that contract, bro. Um, but I think John Wall just thought he had he had the type of pull to just be like, okay, uh, I'm requesting a trade, and then the next day it's going to get done. No, John, no one's paying you that money except Washington. Um, but, yeah, I'm going to say over. Um, I think Rui, Rui Hachimura gets a lot better. Yep. Um, I'm a big guy in just turning on YouTube and just watching these open runs. We mentioned it with Peyton Pritchard. Bro, did Hachimura. we watch the same one? The one with Hachimura yeah, versus uh, Norm Powell? Norm didn't look yeah. that great. I'm not going to lie to you, but whatever. Yeah. We know yeah, what Norm can do. Like, Hachimura, I'm just a massive fan of his game. Thomas Bryant is what he is. I'm looking at the roster right now. Um, apparently, they signed Robin Lopez. Did not even know that happened. That's not bad. Yeah. That's not bad. I don't mind Robin because like they do need someone yeah. to play defense, and That's Robin thing, can at yeah. least be big around the basket, collect rebounds. You need, yeah, people. you need some sort of rim protection. Um, I think that's what they thought they were getting in the enemy. But um, yeah, I'm like the rest of the team. Isaac Bonga. I I, I don't even know who that is. Um, <laughs> Yo, bro, look, look, look up Isaac Bonga. Look up his face, yeah, man. Yeah. This guy looks so old in the face for a guy who's 20 years old. I don't even want to get into all that. I'm just saying, like, just look up his face. He he literally looks like he's 40. This guy, this guy looks like what Tim Thomas should look like right now. <laughs> yeah, that, that's exactly guy? it. This, this guy. Oh, he's German. Oh wow. Okay. Hey, you got a German. Um, no, but I'm gonna take the over. Um, I think Bradley Beal has another All NBA season. 
but again, guys, like this is one of those teams that's in flux in terms of what their roster is going to look like. Like you don't know if Bradley Beal is going to leave. You don't know if John Wall's just going to be like, "Hey, I've had enough. Like you have to trade me." What? what uh, but yo, that's what I'm saying. Him asking for a trade from Washington is like if you went to Olive Garden and asked for bread. Like yo, they're trying to give you that already. All right, yeah, like, <laughs> you do need to ask. You literally did not have to ask. I'm, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say over slightly. Yeah, I'm gonna say over. I'm going to say they're under 500 regardless. I think if they trade John Wall for Russell Westbrook, maybe they get to 500. Um, if that John Wall deal doesn't happen and they hold on to him all season, I think they're going to be at 29 or 30 wins. That's it. So they'll be right on it, if not under. Again, I just don't believe in that team, regardless of who they have. Yeah, they have Robin Lopez. Awesome. They have Bradley Beal. Awesome. Like John Wall, if he's upset about being there and if they're on that type of an under 500, just under 500 win pace, those guys aren't going to be happy with that. They're going to be losing a ton of games to good teams. They're going to be sick of it. I could see trade requests becoming more of an issue. It's not like a team known for team chemistry anyways. Who's their coach again, by the way? I think it's oh. still. I think it's still Scott Brooks, isn't it? No, Scott Brooks left. I no, think. bro, it's not Scott Brooks. Who the he hell is left? their coach? Isn't their coach uh, the OKC guy or is he in Chicago? He's in Chicago. Who the hell is the Wizards coach? Are you sure it's not? All right, hold on. Wizard head coach. No, it's still Scott it's Brooks. It's still guys. Scott Brooks. I told you. <laughs> no, Scott Brooks is a lifer, bro. Scott Brooks is, is Mike Boonholzer without the without the resume. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Hey, man, honestly, I don't – this team's not worth talking this much about. They're going to no. win 30 games. That's about it. So, so, you, so you're going yeah. over then. That's technically over. No, I'm going right? under. Make it 28. I'm just going to be me. Right. 28. Yeah. Under. Shout this out to Assad, bro. Yo, you've had under for only – you've had under for all but three teams so far, bro. You literally think the seventh seed in the East is going to have like five wins. Like, <laughs> what is going on, bro? Uh, all right. Uh, moving on. The uh, Chicago Bulls, 29.5, the same as the Wizards. Oh, Man, oh, this team is just so boring to me, man. They don't really make moves. Like, also, we've already seen Auto Porter is probably going to get the whole team COVID at some point, so they might have that situation where what what happened in football over the weekend, where like the Broncos play with no quarterbacks, like yeah, literally all three quarterbacks out. Yeah, so like this is the Auto Auto Porter is going to bring the plague essentially to this team. I mean, honestly, like they drafted Patrick Williams, he sells flowers for his mom. That's really sweet. But, like, they did not – I mean, Garrett Temple was their biggest offseason addition aside from that. Yeah. Like, bro, I I, I don't know. that. This is just a team that doesn't go anywhere. They change coaches. Cool. Uh, I don't really think of Billy Donovan as, like, an elite coach. I'm, I'm – I guess I'll go under, man. This team sucks. Yeah, man. They just didn't – they didn't do enough to, like, move the needle – their needle. They didn't do anything. They changed the front office. Yeah. And the front office is like, all right, the team's good. Like, yeah. Point, I mean, you know, to be fair, I've I've watched a lot of the guy they drafted, Patrick Williams, Patrick okay. Johnson, Patrick Williams. Yeah. Um, again, open runs, it is what it is. And then I watched a little bit of his college tape. I'm a fan of him, but like, that's not enough, man. It's just really just not enough. Um, Chris Dunn left. Chris Dunn was probably like Chris Dunn's Chris Dunn, but like he's really good at one thing, and that's playing defense. Yep. Um, and that's probably something that the Bulls really lack, even with Chris Dunn. So. Um, I guess addition by subtraction for leaving that crazy head coach. I don't even remember his name. That bald oh. guy. That guy's nuts. Jim Boylan, oh. baby. Yeah, Jim Boylan. I'll just break. I'll just break convention. I'm gonna say let's say they're if the Wizards are gonna be under at 28, they'll be over at 30. They won 22 oh, wow. out of 65 games somehow last year. So add seven games. You have Laurie Markinen with a coach that doesn't hate him. Um. 
you've got literally an entire team with a coach that doesn't actively hate them and loses them games on purpose. So, sure, let's let's buy into you know Kobe White growth. All right, and so Thomas Sadaransky being used professionally. I think I think they're they have the chance of being a thirty win team. <laughs> what what a depressing <laughs> statement. So what's your final thing? You go over or under twenty twenty nine point five. Man. Oh God. Oh God. Yo, I'm looking at their roster. I'm gonna say oh man. I'm gonna say under. All right. All right. Charlotte Hornets. Um, who they, they just signed Gordon Hayward, but they're, they're at 25. They drafted LaMelo Ball. They moved up in the lottery. They got LaMelo. Uh, you they'll, know. Yo, they'll be over. They'll be over. Yo, yeah? Just having court because they won 23 games out of 65 last season. That's what I'm just, saying. This is, this just is disrespectful, Just having a man. competent player in Gordon Hayward, like as bad as he is, at least, at least they have a, some competence out there, right? Like mm. Nick Batum literally could not shoot. Like, he Nick had he didn't have an elbow. elbow. Nick Batum <laughs> is yo, is that that's that scammer? Like he just that, having that Gordon Hayward. Like this is I was trying to think. I'm like, yo, I've got under on all these teams. Who the hell is picking up wins? Right? Because I thought the top of the east is gonna stay good. I think like the east and the middle kind of cannibalize themselves. I think they had them a little too high. But I'm like at the bottom of the east, I'm like, are all these gonna be under? But yeah, the Hornets are the only team I think at the bottom of the east that are gonna be over in my books on their win projection because 25 wins is low. The Hornets actually probably have just as much of a shot at 30 wins as the Wizards and the Bulls do. Like, you cannot tell me that oh, the yeah. Hornets are worse than the Wizards and the I Bulls. Actually think I actually market. think they're better than both those teams. They have uh, the best pl- – I think Beal's probably the best player on all three of those teams. And then the, yeah. second best player, the second best player is probably Gordon Hayward amongst those three teams, which is yeah. really sad to say. Uh yeah. yeah, I'm looking like, like I like. Tell me I'm Cardinals. wrong. That's a depressing statement. But it's not no, true. John Wall coming off the Achilles, like after the Achilles thing, like yeah, no, bro. I, I, think I don't need somebody who Delon Wright locked up, bro, coming off the Achilles. <laughs> Lord, um, yeah, I'm gonna say over. This is for me a pretty easy over, just because I think their guard rotation is actually not bad. Devonte Graham, Lamelo Ball, and that's, uh, that's and Terry it's not terrible, man. Like we, we, I was looking at the Bulls roster, and it's like, what the hell is what the hell's there? Um, I, like I like the way they play too. Them. Actually, they're they're actually yeah. fun to watch. Like they move actually, the ball, they play fast. They're yeah, okay. I think their head coach isn't, isn't actually. That bad. Is yo, he still Clifford? No, it's James Borrego. Oh, oh, yeah. whoa, so I'm way off because he's. I think he's been coaching them for quite some time now. Um, yeah, no, I'm gonna say over. I'm gonna say over. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to switch up. I'm going to say Wizards under, Bulls under, both of them at 28 wins. I'm going to say Hornets are going to be the over. So I think at, like Atlanta, Orlando are going to be fighting for the eighth seed, and then the Hornets are going to be the team that's like two or three games behind them. They're just going to miss out. They're going to get into the play-in, I think. I mean, I think they want to get to the play-in too. I think, honestly, a lot of what this, this thing has to do, especially lower in the conference, is to like, what are your intentions that season? Do you want to yeah. tank? To me, the Bulls kind of want to tank, in my opinion. So uh, I think the, the Hornets want to move up. I'm over on, on them as well. Not by too much, but the number is just so low. I think they could do it. The Pistons, 23.5 for Mr. Dwayne Casey's Pistons. That that poor, poor man uh, is out there coaching five centers at a time. Um, that's, that's not a lot of wins. <laughs> okay, Okay, can I, can we just say this right off the bat? The Detroit Pistons worst offense in the NBA, hundred <laughs> percent. Like, 
I'm actually struggling to think of other teams that might be lower than them. Who is on their team, bro? It's just bro. like is Blake Griffin healthy? Guys, Even if Blake Griffin's healthy. Team, no, they're guys, not doing Jack, bro. Guys, do me a favor and search Detroit Pistons roster. <laughs> you guys remember that Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 map Wasteland? It's <laughs> bad, bro. This oh, is man. really bad. Okay, hold on, hold on. This could be a fun oh, little game we play here. Goodness. So Blake Griffin is the best player on their team, even while he's injured. Who is their second best player looking at their Jeremy roster? Grant. Oh, my God, Jeremy Grant. Yo. Honestly, yeah. man. I mean, okay, so they still have Derrick Rose. I feel like they're moving him. Their Pistons are clearly tanking. Yo, is DeLon right their second best player? It's either him I, or I Jeremy like, Grant, right? I like DeLon, man. I like – give me DeLon. Give me DeLon, a.k.a. Uh, like, I know Dwayne Casey Griffin. gets the best out of his players, but, bro. Bro, the best – You've okay. seen the Zan and Musa uh, mixtape, man. Yo, the, the real over-under here, because I think we're all going under. I think this is a team that's tanking, and they just don't fit together at all. Uh, over-under, how many of the Pistons players are Dwayne Casey going to compare to Pascal Siakam this season? Oh, man. We're about to have a field day with that. Bro, no, I mean, how, they, they, how many they big men all... they got? How many big men they got? Yo, I, Jeremy I already... Grant out out the gate. Definitely, Mason Plumley. That's that's definitely a a, a rookie. <laughs> Pascal Siakam, oh, Sadiq. Well, Bay. Jaleel Okafor can shoot. Like honestly, I trust his shot more than Pascal. I think. I think. Wow. Uh, I think he's basically there. Like Chris Boucher does not rank with any of these guys in Dwayne Casey's eyes. So wait, guys, they're starting lineup. Derrick Rose. Yep. I think DeLon Wright's starting, man. Oh, 100%. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, yeah no, he has to. I'm yeah. they're going to put Grant at the three unless you want Blake to play the five. <laughs> Bro, why is Grant playing three? <laughs> oh. oh, what is this team? Grant at the three, Blake at the four, and then their five is what? Jaleel Okafor or John Henson? Probably. Yeah. God or Deadman, Jesus or well, no, they played Mason uh, Plumley. Uh, De- like, isn't Deadman already gone? I, 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 yeah, it's probably. Plumlee. Oh yeah, they got Mason Plumley. Um, Good God, this they're, team they're, they're they're gonna have flat. to kick the ball into the basket, man. <laughs> <laughs> literally. literally pounding the rock into the basket. No, for real. Like if it's not a dunk, that they're not scoring. <laughs> like Blake Griffin's gonna shoot ten threes a game. This is really bad, man. This is yeah. really, really bad. Like, I'm sorry, Dwayne Casey, you're gonna have to deal with this this season, but bro, it's not fair. But you know, that's it horrendous. It's life, man. Yeah, it's uh, it's looking tough for the Pistons. We're gonna go all under on this just on principle. Uh, the New York Knicks at 22.5, and the Cleveland Cavaliers at 22.5. Does anyone have over for either of these two teams? Yo, man, the Knicks. You got to believe in them. All right. What their division is? What it's it's the Celtics. It's the Raptors. Mm. It's the Sixers. Yep. It's the Nets. <laughs> that's a that's I, they could get some wins there. Oh, I man. think they pick up one win in their division for the entire Ooh, season. I like that over under. <laughs> over under one point five wins for the Knicks in their division. I, I, I feel like the that, real one. That, I'm, I'm okay. So with the Knicks. It's funny, the last thing I saw that was Knicks related was RJ Barrett saying he was disrespected last year. <laughs> oh, um, come on, man. RJ, please. What's the name for the whatever? Um who's their coach? Uh Tom Thibodeau. Yeah, what's the over-under? Is it five? I'm I'm taking the under. <laughs> <laughs> nah, this is bad, bro. bro. Tom to kill RJ. Yo, Tom Thibodeau was desperate for a job, man. 
because this is who they brought in this year. Obi Toppin, who I, I maintain looks a little bit like Assad. Uh, Emmanuel quickly at the 25th pick. <laughs> they traded for Amari Spellman. They got Jacob Evans. Okay. Uh, then they signed Alec Burks, Nerlens Noel, Austin Rivers, Michael Kidd Gilchrist. Like, yo, honestly, this is like you, you, when you have a fantasy team and like you, like you lose like six players to injury and you're just like complete trash and you have to pick up six players from the IR. Like this is six players from the IR, man. Alec Burks, yeah. Noel, Rivers, Gilchrist. Like, bro, this is terrible. They just have no talent. The they Knicks are no, going to be no worse shooting. than the Cavs. I think. I think really the question is who's going to be the worst team in the league? Is it going to be the Knicks or the Cavs? I think it's the Knicks. Uh, yeah. No, I think the Knicks are probably. The, you know what? Actually, I, I take back what I said about the Pistons, man. I, I think the Knicks are going to be worse on offense than the Pistons. No, 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 man. The, the, I th- oh, yeah, Thibodeau's garbage. No, 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 no. The Pistons still. The Pistons just do not have anybody, man. The Knicks have the Miles Knicks, from the Knicks Paul. could. The Knicks can accidentally get offense, man. Like, because they'll just like. Well, they play in New York too, so like maybe p- people come through. They enjoy themselves too much. Yeah. Maybe Why is Kevin Knox still in the NBA? Yeah, Looks like KD, man. <laughs> That's it. it. Looks like a Lego figure. Uh, hell. But yeah, yeah the, Cleveland. The, I think Cleveland's gets a better record than them, but they're still going to be under because Cleveland at least they have guards that can dribble, even if they don't pass the ball. Uh, well, I mean, and, they they got New York's best guard from last season, Damian Dotson, free <laughs> agency. Yeah, but you got Sexton, who isn't like he's horrible, but he's not horrible. Like, is he at least a he's at least can lead you to like you know a win every four games. Same with uh, Garland. I think both of them are just like you know they're below yeah. average guards, but they they can get you a good offensive game every so and so. And then you have Andre Drummond. I think is a good pairing for those guards. Andre Drummond has consistently led teams to 36 and 46 records his entire career. So I, I think that he can get the Cavs to 20 wins this season. Hi. Right. Oh, so God. you have over on Cleveland. I'm, I'm just going under on both of them. Just on. Oh, no, 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 I'm under. I'm just think they're oh. over against the Knicks. I think the Knicks are going to be the worst team out too. All right. Does, does any, does anyone have an over for either of these two teams? Um, No. <laughs> You know what? I'm you know what? I'm gonna give the I'm gonna give the Cavs an over just for fun, man. But yeah, no. actually, yeah, yo, oh yeah, they have Kevin Love. Okay, you know what? I'll go over on the Cavs too. They had 19 wins last year and they didn't play in the bubble, so I think they can get to 24 with Love and Drummond. At least they have players that can score. Larry Nance, Isaac Okoro, Kevin Porter. Uh, I mean, Kevin to be honest, Porter's the- good. I like the- Kevin Porter. The last few rosters I looked at, I'm I'm liking the Cavs. Like just realistically, I, <laughs> I guess more. But yeah, um, it's uh, this is disgusting, bro. What I'm seeing, <laughs> all due respect, it's, it's pretty bad, uh, man. Yeah, I'm gonna, uh, yeah, <laughs> I'm gonna take the over. I'm gonna take the <laughs> over only because of how bad the rosters were before what I just saw. So I'm just gonna take the over. All right. Yeah, this is terrible, though, bro. Yo, the bottom, the bottom of the East is still as bad as ever, man. Pistons, Knicks, Cavs, like both, all three of those teams are just like unbelievably bad to watch. They all have so many centers. Um, I, I just don't get it, man. Oh, they got Javale McGee. Yo, see, this is the thing with the Cavs. Their bench is gonna have fun. Like they're gonna lose. But, like, they're going to be doing some wild stuff on the bench. Like, mm-hmm. they'll be down, like, 35 to the Raptors. 
and then like something will happen with their bench. You'll see them all laughing. Like I like the vibes on that team. Um, but other than that, this this is not a this is not a good basketball team. I will say, with all that being said, I'm gonna take the over. But that's literally because I don't even have an answer for you. I'm just gonna take the over just for the just for the sake of taking the over. Um, just because I like the vibes of this team. All right. Wow. All right. So. To recap, the Cavs are actually one of the very few teams that we have over collectively on the three of us. Uh, the Cavs, I, I'd say over for the Cavs too. I think the best thing for the Cavs is that despite being a young team that might m- maybe act irresponsibly, they play in Cleveland, so there's nothing to do. So they're probably just going to be at home playing, you know, two K or Warzone or whatever, and like they're 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 going to be they're going to be staying at home, so no COVID for them. Uh, but yeah, so Cavs, we had all over four. We had all over for the Raptors, obviously. That was disrespectful. That's not even a homework thing. That's just disrespect. Uh, the Heat, we had all over, although slightly for the two, me and uh, me and Asad. And then for the Bucks, we had all over. Um, yeah. All under teams, we had what? The Pacers, all under. We yeah. had the Magic, all under. We had the Bulls, all under. For no real reason other than we just don't like these teams. The Pistons, all under. And the Knicks all under, so it's uh it's it's shaping up to be a. I mean, I don't know. Raptors probably. Well, maybe we'll end here. Raptors uh, seed over under three point five. Oh, Asad, you go first. I mean, it sounds like we're taking over, man. Because three point five is tough. I think it's over because I I have them. I have them again. It's going to be two to two through four. It's going to be two through four is going to be Raptors Celtics. Um, Sixers heat and one of them and it's it's gonna one of them is gonna be the Raptors for sure and there's two of those other three teams. Um I think Raptors are a two to four range team. I think the Celtics are a two to two to five range I think the rest are two to five range teams because they have they drop off a little harder than I think in my mind. But yeah, I say fuck it over. over. Yeah, it's a mishmash mish man. Like Sud said, like Celtics, Sixers, Raptors um, uh, uh, I'm gonna say, I'm gonna say they, they get the fourth seed, so I'm gonna say under. All right, yeah, I think the Bucks, Celtics, and Sixers finish above them. Um, yeah, man, you know what? I'm gonna say over. I think the Bucks are for sure above them. Um, and then every other team, I'm at least regular season wise, I'm not certain that they will be ahead of the Raptors. So I mean, you you know, we're looking at the Celtics, Nets, Heat, Sixers, Raptors, um, in that group. It, I mean, if you would average it out, essentially the Raptors would be essentially the three point five seed. Um, honestly, if the Raptors get to play in the Southeast Division for the upcoming season because they're in Tampa, wrap. then I think yeah, they get it for sure because that division is going to make a, such a big difference between whether you're playing a ton against. The Atlantic, uh, with obviously a loaded uh, conference, or uh, against the Southeast, but um, yeah, I mean, look, this is Raptors over everything, bro. It's in the it's in the title of the podcast, so I'm gonna take the over on the Raptors. So uh, that's that's the tie in there. All right, <laughs> Sahal, Assad, appreciate y'all for coming on the pod. Um, anything you guys want to plug? Anything you guys got going on? Actually, one thing I want to plug. I don't know if it's still going on, but uh, Raptors Twitter is putting on. Um, a food donation uh yeah drive. um it, it's uh by our friend sidra who what's her what's her what's her twitter handle uh at kashmiri chai yeah uh, yeah so you can search her up um i think she's almost at seven thousand dollars now 
That's um, what and she's looking to add uh, a shelter to also add to the two food banks that she, or two or three food banks that she already had. Uh, so if you go in there, donate. Also, if you donate more than 20 bucks um, and send me proof of receipt, you'll see on my page, um, I'm gonna, I'll share it into my fleets again. Um, and I'll bump the tweet again. But basically, if you respond to that tweet um, with proof that you donated more than 20 bucks, I am raffling off a signed Danny Green basketball. Oh, man. Um, the three of us were there when you got that thing, too, man. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I was going to do it till Wednesday, but I think I'll do it till Friday just so we can get more yeah. donations in. That's so I'll sure. make the cutoff like Friday at like 8 or 10 or something like that. But if you get that in, um, I'll raffle that off. We've gotten, I think, a fair number of submissions already. But um, – yeah. As long as you're, let's just say, like, yeah. Um, I'll, I'll drop details in the in the description yeah. of the podcast too, so you can find this link easier. But uh, yeah, it's, exactly. It's the GTA. Twenty dollars or more, man. Hit up Assad. Listen, do it. Anything basketball, man. Yeah. That's big. And in and in terms of uh, plugging other stuff, uh, uh, my podcast, the Pick and Roll with the Show, uh, live to uh, NBA Twitter show, um, happens Wednesdays at eight PM. So we have an episode tomorrow at eight. Uh, basically, we debate five different topics. The only catch is we don't know what side of the topic we're debating beforehand, so we kind of do it live. And then the people that are in the live chat get to vote, and then we have voting afterwards. So it's fun. It's kind of improv. Uh, it's a good time to just join in and be part of the Raptors Twitter community. Uh, so feel free. Uh, I think last time Will was on, we argued whether Coffee Crisp or Kit Kat was better. So uh, it was it was off season, bro. There's more topics to to go off now. So, but uh, yeah. where do we land? Team Team Kit Kat. Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. We had oh. to go team Kit Kat. I'm personally a coffee crisp guy, but hey, uh, I'm also fat, so I'll take whatever chocolate I can get. Bro, come on, <laughs> come on now. Yo, what? <laughs> Yo, what are you saying? Even on purpose. This was like literally, we did not even talk about this, what's, but like, what's wrong with come you? Come on, man. So I'll just stacking Kit Kats on the video, and right I don't now. even. I'm not even sponsored by them, but like, here Yo, I this, am. This just proves that you weren't eating the Kit Kats, man. <laughs> you, <laughs> you might be secretly the coffee crisp guy. I don't know. He's got a bunch of coffee crisp wrappers <laughs> under his chair right now. <laughs> yeah, I'm no, not no, a coffee crisp guy. Um, in terms of things to plug, um, I am going to be more active on Raptors Republic. The season obviously is starting soon. So I'm going to be do- doing my usual stuff. Um, I want to do a lot more feature articles this year, something that I didn't get to do a lot of last year. Um, just was very busy with things last year. So I'm going to do a lot more of that. And then obviously the usual stuff on Raptors Republic, the game day previews, the reviews, um, the little player profiles we do. So um, I'm excited for this year. Um, hopefully we can start, um, that little Yahoo group chat thing back up. We'll see how that goes. Oh, it's, it's coming, man. It's coming. Don't worry. Yeah. So hopefully we can start that back up, get some nice NBA discussion in. Um, but yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited for the season. Things to start. Um, and yeah, I don't know why Asad hasn't invited me, um, on his podcast, but I'm just hmm. not going hmm. to. I think my connection's. Oh wow! You, you really you muted yourself. Right? Wow, damn. <laughs> yeah. Now we gonna have Sahal on. We gonna have a lot of different Raptors people on. Um, mm-hmm. Honestly, we have just been kind of lazy with it, trying to reach out to people in time. But uh, who knows? Maybe we'll have more guests on. We've trying to work out the tech since we do it live. Uh, but we're definitely gonna have a lot of your Raptors Twitter favorites on soon and regularly. Hopefully every Wednesday. So uh, do drop by and hopefully get you know a nice little palette of what Raptors Twitter has to offer. All right, there you go. So, 
Uh, follow through on all those recommendations for sure, man. Uh, also, I, I listen. I just wanted to send a quick shout out to uh, Big V, obviously on the podcast all the time. Yes, new role at CBC, doing big things and on to more big things. TBD, I, I got the scoop on the inside scoop that even more big things are coming for Big V. So I'm really proud of the boy. I mean, he's not even a boy. He's he's like old in all three of us, but <laughs> low, low, low key, he, he looks real young. No, I guess um, no, but seriously, man, I'm proud of Vivek. Uh, all the stuff that he's done. So, um, yeah, man, th- things are looking good. The season's coming up. We plenty of coverage. Uh, thanks to Asad and Sahal for coming on, as always. And, uh, yeah, let's uh, look forward to the season. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here, and it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at hellofresh.com. Mm. 